Welcome to the Chapter 49 podcast. My name is Larry Landon. I'm a communications volunteer for NTEU Chapter 49, which represents most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. Welcome to our Chapter 49 podcast. We're doing something much different this time. We are now doing this not just on audio, and our audio version is out there like it's always been. We're also doing this on video, which is a whole new world for Duncan Giles and myself. I did this with much trepidation. I'm not a big fan of being on video, but I do it when I need to be. But Duncan Giles, you have uh, taken the plunge. So welcome to audio and video podcasting. Thanks, Larry. Good to be here. And uh, we'll give this a shot. And I have a face made for radio, so we'll see how it goes. Well, I, I feel the same way. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see how this works out over time. Uh, we do have a lot of... Uh, issues to deal with. And I want to start off with something that's in the public realm. We are uh, recording this on July 28th. And the day before we recorded this, the Centers for Disease Control came out with new guidance, not orders or requirements, but guidance saying if you're in an area that uh, has a certain amount of transmission level of COVID, you should wear masks indoors, even if you're vaccinated, not just unvaccinated. That is something new and has to do with the fact that even if you're vaccinated, you may not get badly sick, but you can transmit the the COVID from one person to another. As a result of that, the CDC has changed their guidance. It was a, it was a big change. Um, again, there are no requirements in the law and local uh, people decide this for the most part in school systems and so forth. But the federal government, of course, is under the purview of uh, the executive branch. And there have been lots of media reports that have been coming out at the time we record this in the afternoon of July 28th as to whether or not there'll be some requirement for federal employees to be vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated and you're coming in the office, you'll have a requirement to be tested on a regular basis. We don't know how regular that would be. We do know that uh, based on what we're seeing, again, uh, based on unnamed sources and media reports, so sometimes these are trial balloons before they are actually uh, put in stone. So nothing is, is, has been announced at the time we record this. So we don't know what will happen. And, and, and I know you've been getting a lot of questions, Duncan, and, and we don't have a lot of answers yet. We're really waiting on guidance from the White House, executive orders, that sort of thing. So what I would like from you, could you please just uh, give us the latest information we know as of uh, like 1.50 p.m. Eastern Time on July 28th? Yeah, and no is a uh, very loose term right now. What we're hearing is that right now they're looking at um, possibly uh, saying, okay, if you're not a vaccinated federal employee, then you could be subject to testing. This could be done via an executive order by the president. That doesn't mean they're forcing people to get vaccinated. What it does mean is that people who have not been vaccinated will have to be tested. We don't know whether that's going to be daily, weekly, that sort of thing. My fear is that part of the executive order will be if you have not gotten vaccinated and you do test positive and are not able to work, then they may send you home and it won't be on COVID leave. It'll be on your own leave. We just don't know. There are so many unanswered questions at this point. We hear there may be something coming out, uh, CNN reported as soon as tomorrow, 
but we just don't know for sure. So there's a lot of unanswered questions in that regard. It's now coming out, and I'm expecting to hear anything here in Indianapolis any day in the federal building, that masks are going to be required again, even if you have been vaccinated. So because of the Delta variant that's out there, this is really rolling along. And it's going to be a very interesting couple of days to figure out how this is going to be done, what's going to happen. NTU National will be absolutely at the forefront on impact and implementation of this to make sure that employees are covered as well as possible. So we just are in a wait and see posture at this point, but events are happening very quickly. And I should say that we we do this podcast weekly, and uh, we do want to let people know that uh, Duncan does his very best to update people through an email uh, list that he has of all the members of NTEU Chapter 49. Uh, so when sometimes I'm out of pocket, I do uh, try to handle uh, the, the Facebook page, and we do get information out there, but there'll be times when I'm tied up and can't be on there. But uh, we know this is a fast-moving story. Uh, we're recording this on July 28th, so July 29th is when we hope, expect to have some more information. So uh, watch your emails, and uh, when uh, when I'm able, I will update our our Facebook page. If you want to follow or, or link or follow or like our, our Facebook page, you can just uh, go on Facebook and search under NTEU Chapter 49 Indiana, and you'll you'll be able to uh, get our latest updates there. But you know, Duncan, you talked about changes maybe coming to the Mins and Capehart building, a federal building in downtown Indianapolis, uh, requiring masks for people even if they are vaccinated. But still, that's a pretty small number. There are only a few people working in the office, as I understand it. Yeah, there are not that many people still working in the office. Um, you know, but this could have a great impact across the country of people in service centers. Um, call sites, including our own in Indianapolis, um, it, it could have a wide-reaching effect across the country. So at this point, I think they're just trying to get out ahead as much as they can, uh, just because this Delta variant is just so quick to be widespread. I mean, it is spreading like wildfire. You see some of the reports in some parts of the country where their COVID uh, you know, units, they had shut down in hospitals are already open back up and overflowing at this point, just because of the fact that they've had, are starting to see the effects of people who are unvaccinated and got together, for example, for July 4th celebrations. Well, I have some relatives in St. Louis and I visited them just recently, a week and, well, about a week and a half ago. And what's happening in Southern Missouri is just awful. I mean, the, the uh, outbreak is, is horrible there. And they don't have a lot of infrastructure. It's a very rural area, so they don't have a tremendous amount of infrastructure as far as hospitals and, 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 and medical support. A lot of those people who are suffering are being medevaced uh, to St. Louis and Kansas City and any place else they can find some medical facilities. So this this has become a pretty quick, uh, quickly moving uh, emergency. I've also seen something else, and we need to watch this too, because I was, I read and watch a lot of people who are involved in polling, keeping their, their hands on the public view. There's an emerging situation now where the vaccinated people are getting very upset with the unvaccinated people, because the medical professionals are telling us that the fact that people are, are just not vaccinating by choice 
That's the reason we continue to struggle with this outbreak. And that is a major reason vaccinated people are now uh, going to likely be wearing masks, at least in some situations. So that is something to, to we need to watch. And it kind of does into, dovetails into something you have said in almost every podcast we have done since, since we started, because the pandemic was, was going on at the time we started, which is you need to get vaccinated. You know, once we had the vaccine available, you need to, to get it as soon as possible. And I assume that, that uh, message has not changed on your part. Oh, absolutely freaking not. I mean, I got an uh, email from an employee just yesterday wanting to know what type of leave to take for um, f- because they had gotten COVID. So it's still out there. It's still spreading. And because of the fact that there aren't as many people uh, that we need to be as possible to be vaccinated to get to what they call the herd immunity, that these variants will keep popping up and keep changing. And, you know, does the uh, vaccine prevent you from getting COVID or any of the variants? No, it, it you can still get it, but it will greatly reduce your symptoms. You know, it, it, difference between having a bad cold and being in the hospital on a ventilator type thing. And so that's why I strongly urge everyone uh, to to get vaccinated, especially now. It's going to become more and more important. You're seeing this in larger businesses hospitals, even the NFL. Well, I think we need to look at uh, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. He's yep. been vaccinated. He's been vaccinated, and uh, he has now turned up with a positive test. He can't go to uh, the beginning of, of the practice sessions uh, for at least about a couple. I guess it's so many days. It's, it's kind of changed a little bit. But it's a certain number of days he needs to quarantine, and once he tests uh, negative, everything twice, he can come back. But uh, even though he's not going to get sick, he can still give it to other people. And sadly, uh, there are just too many NFL players that have refused to vaccinate so far. Although with the new draconian rules the NFL's come up with, that may change. Yeah. And, you know, what they found, you know, as this goes on, they're doing more and more research as as they should. And this is what happens when something new, a new outbreak you know, everybody's like, well, why haven't they solved this problem? Well, it takes a little bit of time to do that. And what they're finding out, especially with a lot of these variants, is that people who have been vaccinated can still transmit the virus, even though they may not be feeling any effects or even know that they have it. So that's why the mask rules are coming back to try and protect others. So that's, you know, people are like, well, I don't think I should have to wear a mask. You know, it shouldn't be mandated. Well, were your you know were those the same people whose grandparents were saying I don't think we need seatbelts? Um, you know you've you've got those types of things, and we've had vaccinations for you know smallpox, measles, um, you know polio, whatever you want to think of, and this has been for the betterment betterment and benefit of the general population and health, and that's that's what I believe. Uh, that this vaccine is doing as well. So your message is, please go, get your vaccination. And uh, we're we're still waiting on all the guidance. It should be coming soon. And uh, by the time you watch this or listen to this podcast, it may be out. But we'll use all of our means of communication to get the latest information out to you, just so you all know. Anything you yeah, want to add? Anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, I just and I just want everybody to be safe. I truly, truly do. I don't want to see one more person 
lose their life, lose a family member, anything of that nature to COVID. We, we can't afford to lose. We've lost far too many people across the country to this. So I just strongly urge you to please, please, please get vaccinated for your benefit, for everyone's benefit. Well, let's, let's talk about something slightly related to all this. And, and that question is, when will IRS employees be instructed to go back to the office? As we've talked about in these podcasts before, um, we do know that there have been uh, uh, people who are saying that, you know, they're, they're sort of getting used to working at home all the time, never coming into the office. Uh, that is because we're under this this order, this evacuation order, which means you stay at home. That evacuation order, we don't know how when, but at some point it's it's going to be lifted or at least revised. So at some point you'll be coming back into the office. We don't know about vaccinations and as far as documentation, testing, masks, and all that. We've already covered that, but now the latest. Uh, scuttlebutt has to do with when people will be told, okay, back to normal or something close to it. You must come into the office now. Even if you're on telework, you have to come in the office so often, depending on the nature of your work. And so the rumor mill has been hot and heavy. Uh, the, um, the, uh, as I understand it, all the agencies were required to bring, set their plan, bring their plans into their agencies, and they've been sent to the White House and OPM and all that. So we've ha- that's all been done. Of course, since that's been done, we've, we've had the CDC come out with new guidance. So with all of that in, under consideration, what do we know and what do we not know as to when people will be coming back into the office? Um, we don't know a date certain, an exact date certain. Um, I've been hearing a lot of rumors. I've been talking to a lot of my sources and contacts. Um, we're, I'm hearing, and again, this could be a moving target. IRS will give us 30 days notice. So they'll at least be out 30 days. Um, I'm hearing it's going to be, um, mid around early mid September is the date I'm hearing now. Now, could that change? Absolutely. That could change due to the number of people that are out, um, you know, that, uh, with the variants that's going out there, the different ones. Could that date be pushed back? Yes. Could it be pushed forward? I don't think so. One of the things that we've been fighting for that we're still pushing an uphill battle is there an awful lot of people who have been vaccinated who are saying, hey, look, my home situation is not great for me to work. I need to come into the office to be able to spread out my cases or do whatever they need to do. And for the vast majority of the time, they're not able to do that in most business units. We're still pushing for that. We're hoping that once we get a notice of you know exactly when the IRS is planning on reopening the offices, that we'll be able to have people perhaps come in a bit earlier than that date. The other thing to consider is that even though we are, uh, we'll be ending an evacuation order, we're hoping that with the new contract agreed to, that those positions that are going to be on eligible for frequent telework will then roll over and from an evacuation to a frequent telework type position. So they would only have to come into the office twice a pay period. 
So what we're hearing is that uh, the one thing we know for sure is that there has to be a 30-day notice period. Do we know that for sure? Yeah, that's that's the one thing we do know for sure. They um, The IRS has come out and said, we will give you 30 days notice, which is something they legally should be doing anyway, but it's it's good to see that in writing. All right, so at least there'll be some notice before this happens. It's good to people know that ahead of time and that the rumor mill and what, what you've been hearing from your normally authoritative sources is that the IRS sent in a plan to start in sometime in September, but things have changed even since that plan was, was uh, submitted. So we all need to be ready for whatever comes next, and and uh, that rumor may or may not uh, be accurate. But I think the one thing that, that you have said for a while now is that we, uh, as an agency, do need to make sure that everyone knows that this telework under the evacuation order will not be a permanent thing. It will change at some point. We just don't know when. Correct. Yeah, basically what we are experiencing right now is working from home. And that's different than teleworking. An evacuation order means working at home, and you're doing it for health reasons. You're doing it for, for reasons of, uh, of making sure people stay healthy. That's different than what is normally the case. People need to keep that in mind. Yeah, and um, when you're doing what's called remote work, which is working from home on a normal basis, which people said, well, I've seen different agencies are doing that. Yes, some of them are. Some of the smaller agencies are doing some remote work where the people don't even have to come into the office twice a pay period. Uh, this was raised several times with the IRS during our bargaining sessions uh, because we were trying to get that option for folks. Um, that was shot down every single time. It is a permissible subject of bargaining, which means the IRS does not have to bargain on this. So they were saying no. And the reason they were saying it wasn't to be cruel or anything of that nature. It's basically twofold. They're trying to recreate a culture and they want to have some people back in the office for this culture to be able to take hold. And I think the bigger reason is locality pay. If you're working in um, Lafayette, Indiana, and your POD is in Chicago and you're getting Chicago pay, but never have to go to Chicago uh, that's a logistical nightmare because now they've got to take a look at each employee individually to determine what their locality pay is. And I think the agency just did not want to go into that type of uh, issue. And, you know, that might not always be in the interest of the employee, too. Oh, I was uh, just had an email from an employee who had uh, gotten to know our Facebook page and our podcasts. And, you know, from Washington, D.C. had sent me an email about their detail ending. And, you know, they didn't want to go back to their old job, mainly because their details in Washington, D.C., and they didn't want to take a 20 grand hit. Now, I'm betting that they're not reporting to the office in Washington right now and are sitting someplace else um, that's a little bit away from Washington. So that's that's one of those things where. It's different under an evacuation order than it is normally. And, you know, as we addressed, if that evacuation order is ending in sometime in mid-September, then it could be, um, you know, very tricky to try and figure out, okay, what's the logistical pay? Because you are going to be expected once the evacuation order is lifted uh, to be reporting to your post of duty 
at least twice a pay period. And depending on your job, you may be in there more often. It's it's uh, it's a there's sort of an individual thing. The two days per pay period is a minimum, correct? Exactly. That is exactly correct. A great point, Larry. Yeah, that's that's the minimum. So you may have to be in um, three or four days per pay period, depending upon exactly what your job is and um, you know how paper intensive it is to uh, you know having to be there for that in the particular office versus working remotely. As as we learned during bargaining, um, whether it be service center, folks on the phones and accounts management, folks in TAS, um, it varies wildly uh, as to who needs to be in the office for what reason and how many days uh, per week that management thought that happened. And there were a lot of uh, interesting discussions on that. I wouldn't say spirited because Everybody was trying to figure out who could be, you know, who could do frequent telework. The agency, as well as the uh, NTU bargaining team, was working very hard on trying to come up with those positions. But it got to be, you know, almost like painstaking. Okay, what per, what what is this person's job series? I don't know exactly what they do in a service center, but what is their job series? I mean, it was getting down to that level of trying to figure things out. And, and I think people should keep in mind that the service, ever since FlexiPlay started in the 90s, and here's a little piece of history most people don't know. The very first test of what was called FlexiPlay at that time in the 90s, when that concept was tested in a local office, it was an ACS office in Seattle. And I think they got some extra funding for some air pollution reasons or something, keeping people from uh, commuting. But after that test, the service was pretty staunch and not wanting people working telephones like in ACS and in toll-free uh, to have access, even when the technology began to improve on that. And I think you should feel very proud, you and your marketing team, that you have added, uh, because of experience with with COVID, we're not happy COVID happened, but it did provide some data for you to show the IRS can, in fact, set people up in their home successfully doing telephone work and, for instance, taxpayer advocate uh, workers that have been denied flexi place for a long time and then uh, telework after that can, in fact, function uh, in their homes. So uh, the, the biggest, one of the biggest victories in the new contract would have to be that. And moving from uh, that subject to the contract, uh, one, with all those wonderful provisions in that new contract, the contract must be ratified by a certain number of uh, local chapters within a certain period of time. Chapter 49, we talked about this a little bit last time in our podcast, uh, is now preparing for a ratification vote. So tell us more about that. Yeah. What we're going to be doing is, uh, and information will be sent on, out on this by the end of the week uh, to our members, is we're going to be doing this via a Zoom meeting. And if you don't have Zoom on, and it can't be done on your government computer, if you um, don't have a uh, laptop or desktop that has a camera, you can always download Zoom on your phone, like this is. I'm doing this from my phone. So uh, we're going to be doing that, and basically how it will work is we'll be having this chapter meeting for the ratification. Um, I will give two weeks' notice on you know what the date is, what the time is, 
We hope every member can attend. Um, we will be sending out uh, something saying, you know, this is when it's going to be. We'll ask you to send your home emails to ntu49 at aol.com, our chapter email address, that as you can tell from the AOL, we've had quite a few years, and ask uh, everybody to send that's going to be attending to send an email to me so I can send out the link uh, a few days beforehand. I would also ask that if anybody has any particular questions uh, about what's going to be covered in this or about the new agreement, to send those in so I can make sure to address those as well. I'll be doing an overview of this. We're anticipating it uh, taking less than an hour, depending upon you know how many questions and how many people there are. But this is this is a very good contract, folks. It really, really is. We did a lot of hard work. There was a lot of interest-based negotiations, which I rarely see at the national uh, agreement table. I, I have to be honest with you. This has probably been uh, the smoothest one that I've seen, and I've attended several of those. So I'm I'm very happy with where we ended up. I think it's a very good contract for employees, and uh, we just need to get it ratified so that it can go into effect on October 1st. Very good, Duncan. So uh, with this, when people do come into our Zoom meeting, uh, understand that these host of the Zoom meeting is somebody his first time hosting a meeting of this size. So give the guy a little break, if you will, please. <laughs> because uh, that would be me. <laughs> I've never tried to do yeah, this. Yeah, this is this is gonna be this is gonna be new for all of us. So you know, we're just wanting to make sure that I, I we feel that this is the best way to reach the most amount of people in uh, you know, still in this pandemic setting. And I don't want to try and bring a large number of people together. Uh, and we thought that Zoom would be better than a teleconference. And it will give people around the state a chance to uh, to be a part of it and also to ask questions and try to get their questions answered to the extent that we can. So getting your questions in early is very important. We'll try to answer questions maybe as they come up, and uh, we'll do the best we can on that. But depending on how large a group we have, uh, it will, you know, we'll, we'll do the best we can. And also we'll probably have to take a roll call vote where everybody on the call actually vision you know we call on them and, and give us their vote so uh, that or we depending upon the number of people uh we can you know do a little vote in the screen uh it just depends on the number of people we have and uh to be honest with you the number of actual nay votes that there are yeah so we, yeah we'll we'll figure that out and make sure it's done uh according to robert's rules of orders and parliamentary correct and uh, when we do it on zoom that, that does complicate most of the boards that i covered uh doing uh, covering local things anytime there's a zoom meeting they do a roll call vote just to make sure everybody's vote is understood you can, just raising of the hand even electronically is, is a little bit dicey as far as making sure you you have a vote that's 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 actually cast and recorded so we will do the best we can to make sure everything is done the right way and that uh, so you'll be receiving all members will be receiving that uh, email from duncan giles please follow the directions there uh we're about out of time duncan uh, anything you'd like to add before we wrap this up uh i just want everybody to be safe out there the situation uh due to the variance as we discussed earlier is changing rapidly and just do what you need to do. Even if you've been vaccinated, wear masks where you need to. Continue to wash your hands. Um, if you're around people that haven't been vaccinated or, 
you know, if you've not been vaccinated yourself, please continue to social distance. You know, everybody is too precious out there. They really are. I mean, I'm not trying to sound trite, but there's no need to lose any more lives to this or your health. Well, we've lost too many people, uh, just not only in the state of Indiana, but, but nationwide, worldwide. This, is, this, has been a, this has been a horrible situation. We want to do everything we can to keep everyone's lives intact and, and keep them as healthy as possible. So, Duncan Giles, thank you very much. If all goes well, we will talk to you again next week. Uh, our first effort at YouTube, and if you saw... Uh, poor Duncan, if you saw that the picture maybe jumped around a little bit, that's because Duncan was literally holding his phone as we try to get through our uh, our technical issues here. Again, uh, you can find us on any uh, audio podcast. Just uh, search podcasts by Larry Lannon, L-A-N-N-A-N. Or go to YouTube. We're going to start uh, putting these on YouTube as well. Just look up Duncan Giles and you'll see our Chapter 49 podcast as well there. So thank you very much for listening and watching. Please be safe and be kind.